Is that really in the Bible? Well, we were all born into a ready-made world of religion. I, uh, I don't think any of us ever questioned it. We, we assume the traditions around us come uh, straight from the Bible. Most people are educated by the Bible, by what they've been told by others. My minister said so. It's the greatest authority they have. Uh, they wholeheartedly put their trust in another's opinion about the Bible. Well, in seminary school, a man or woman is taught a theology about the Bible. It's a uh, set of beliefs that the student assumes is right. We never ask the question, what if there is some error in the things I've been taught about God? And the real problem is, these errors are passed on to the congregation as absolute truth. Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with, is that really in the Bible? I want to look at one of the most encouraging verses in the Bible for the times, for such a time as this, the time that we now live in. You know, I don't know of anybody with three brain cells lined up in their head who would honestly say things, the direction that America is going is really, really great. Now, I think, you know, most people would admit something is dreadfully wrong with the direction this nation is going. Uh, we have rejected God who has blessed us for a socialistic form of government. We really have, government has replaced God is basically the issue here. And you know, there's a verse in the uh, Deuteronomy, I believe, it says, Now, if you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, and these, these, you know, all these blessings shall come upon you. And they were national blessings that if, if as a nation we would obey God, keep his commandments, keep the Ten Commandments, then all these blessings would come upon us. You know, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country, blessed shall your children be, blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. And then the other side of the coin is, now if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, all these curses shall come upon you. And, you know, the way I basically understand this is this, if you God speaking here, if you replace me with another God. Now we all know the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Okay, what are we guilty of here? In other words, what we're guilty of is this. If, if you replace me with your government, which, is, which really is another God, the God of government. If you do that, you know, well that's a violation of the first commandment right there. You should have no other gods before me. Now, socialism, the, the, the definition here, socialism, is a, it's a way of organizing your society in which a, a major, uh, the major industries are owned and controlled by the government. In fact, in a way, the people are owned and controlled by the government. In other words, the way I understand socialism is this. When you replace God with government, when you replace God with government, did you know many, many years ago, thousands of years ago, the original intent that God had was for man to be self-governed, to have the law of God written upon his hearts and mind and to allow that law to govern his life. It has always been God's intent for each individual to be self-governing, to govern himself.
But very early in the history of the Bible, the children of Israel said, now we want to be like the other nations. Give us a king or give us a president to reign over us. In other words, they got tired of taking personal responsibility for their actions. They got tired of governing themselves. And they wanted to be like the others who had a king, who had a president, who would tell them what to do. And, and you know, it was Samuel, I think, God said to Samuel, said, look, they haven't rejected you, Samuel, but they have rejected me. You know, when you allow your government to do for you what you should be doing for yourself, that is a stench in God's eyes, in God's nostrils, because we are to be self-governing. We are to govern ourselves. And when we shirk that responsibility for a socialistic, communist form of government, when you replace God with government, that is a stench in the nostrils of God. It is a rejection of God when you do that. Now, a lot of people will say, well, socialism, don't we find that in the Bible? Well, let me correct something here. Let's look at, let me digress a little bit and look at this verse, Acts 2 and verse 43. This is the beginning of the New Testament church here. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and they had all things in common, and sold their possessions and, and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now, you know, a lot of people will look at this and will say, well, look, that, that sounds like socialism. Listen, it was not socialism. It was, the, the difference is this. It was voluntary. They volunteered to do this, to sell and distribute, because, I mean, they were high on the church. I mean, they really were the work of the Great Commission to go ye therefore into all the world. They didn't have a great need for material blessings. They didn't have any Walmart to go to or shop at. Uh, no Macy's or anything like that, all the clothing stores. They didn't, they didn't have all that. And so they were not a materialistic people like we are. And so whatever they had, they sold it and distributed it among all the other brethren there. But it was voluntary. They volunteered to do this. It was not mandatory. It was, we're not talking about the government charging you outrageous taxes so they can give the money to Planned Parenthood or to fund an abortion or to give it to the bum and it won't work. You know, no, no. They volunteered to do this freely and it's nothing wrong with that. But when your government does that for you, it's something wrong with that because you can't trust your government. That's the bottom line. You know, that kind of power, that kind of money, it's, it's, it's you know, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. <clears throat> I've been uh, watching a movie called The Agenda. Now, if your church hasn't watched this, there's a DVD, Agenda 1 and Agenda 2. You need to order that on the internet and watch that at your local church to get educated about the direction this nation is going. Be sure and do that. It's an excellent documentary on the direction this nation is going, entitled Agenda, The Agenda. And in that uh, movie, it talks about this book entitled The Naked Communists, written in, listen, 1958, about communism and the goal of the Communist Party. I'm going to put these goals up there of the Communist Party. Here we go. Goal number 28, eliminate prayer in schools on the grounds that it violates the principles of separation of church and state. Goal 40, discredit the family as an institution. Encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. 
Goal 17. Get control of the schools, use them as transmission belt for socialism, soften the curriculum, in other words, dummy down the, your, your students, make them stupid, make them dumb, don't really educate them, get control of teachers association, and boy have they ever had the public schools done that, get control of the uh, uh, teachers association. Uh, goal 24, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship uh, and a violation of free speech and free press. Goal 25, break down cultural standings of morality by promoting pornography in books, magazines, motion pictures, and TV. Goal 26, present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. Oh yeah. Goal 20 and 21, infiltrate the press, gain control of key position in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Now again, this was back in night 1958, the goal of the Communist Party. Goal 27, infiltrate the churches, replace revealed religion with social religion, discredit the Bible. Goals of the Communist Party back in 1958. What's my point? My point is their agenda has been successful. That's my point. Now the verse I said I want to come to that is very encouraging is found in Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29. It says, but, but if from thence you shall seek the Lord your God, you shall find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, when you are in tribulation and these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient unto his voice. That is such an encouraging verse because it tells us, you know, once you go down the road of getting rid of me, God speaking, and uh, allowing, uh, depending on the government instead of me, once you do this, even in the latter days, once you adopt this socialistic communist form of government, once you do this, even in the latter days when you are in tribulation, yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it, when you are in tribulation, even in the latter days, if you call out to me and be obedient, I'll hear your voice. I'll hear you. I'll do something. This is very encouraging for me. Now, I want to talk about how to return to God. And the first step is we're going to have to start depending on God instead of our government. You know, our government comes along and says, if you're old, we'll take care of you. If you're too lazy to work, we'll send you a paycheck. Uh, if you need health care, we'll give you Obamacare. Did you know, listen, health care is not, health care is a luxury. It was never meant to be given to everybody. It is a luxury. It's like saying every person should have a Ferrari in his garage, if you have a garage. That is, okay. All right, but you know, it's a luxury. It's a luxury. Health care was not meant to be given to every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. It's too expensive. It's a luxury. Uh, I will protect you and keep you safe. Oh, yeah. Now, this just recently, talking about gun control here. Now, this executive order that the president passed, even the NRA says that it's no big deal. It's just posturing. It's just words. So they're not too worried about that. But I'm saying look for the next step and the next. Sort of like playing a game of checkers. You know, it's one step 
at a time, one move, next move, next move, next move. I mean, if your government comes up and says, we're going to take away your guns, you know, that would be a revolt. All the rednecks would grab their guns and say, you're not doing that. So it's one step at a time. So I'm saying, look for the next step. Look for the next decision. Look for the next executive order. You know, this administration has no desire to take away the guns from ISIS. It has no desire to take away the guns from the criminals. I mean, have you heard of Fast and Furious where our, our government sold, you know, nations all kinds of weaponry and guns and, you know, funded that, you know, actually provided them with all kinds of weapons? Our, our government has no desire to take away the guns from criminals. It only wants to take away your guns, the law-abiding citizens. Now, why? What's the agenda? Well, let me tell you what the agenda is. You know, if, if, if your guns are taken away, and the only ones who have guns is the government, ISIS, and criminals, now you do understand criminals will always have guns. Okay. All right. But once that occurs, who are you going to depend on to protect you? The government. That's the agenda. Total dependency on your government is the goal. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever let that slip by you. This is the agenda. Total dependency on your government. Your government looks at you like this. You're too stupid to do things for yourself. That's how your government looks at you. You're too dumb to even figure. You can't. You're too dumb to govern yourself. That's how they look at you. Okay? So you've got to get with the plan here and realize, no, I am a person. I can govern myself just fine. I don't need your help. So the government comes along and says, okay, we'll take retirement. We'll give you money or whatever. Government, government sends you a check. Obamacare. Did you know Obamacare right now is in the state of collapsing? It was designed to collapse. That idiotic idea would never work anyway. I mean, all the paperwork on that, I haven't read it, but they say there's 2,000, I forget, 2,000 pages that explain uh, Obamacare or something like that. But it was, it was never created it was never meant to work. It was created to cause greater dependency upon government. Once it collapses, and it's going to collapse, then the people are going to say, oh, what are we going to do? We have no, no health care. And we will look to the government again to, to provide the answers. It was designed to collapse to create greater dependency on your government. You know, who, who's going to take care of you when you're old? I mean, let's ask that. Who are you depending on to take care of you? Your dysfunctional kids, are they going to take care of you? I don't think so. Uh, before Social Security, who took care of the elders, elderly? You know, there was a time before Social Security. We're not talking about, I mean, we've got to wrap our minds around that. There, there was a time before Social Security. Who took care of people back then? Let me tell you who. Families, communities, and church took care of the elderly. So who are you depending on? Now I want to show you what dependency upon God looks like. I'm going to give you a picture of what dependency upon God looks like. And I'm going to explain it to you. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 4. It says, Yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive, and eyes to see, and ears to hear unto this day. Now this is a conundrum here. Look, you know, yeah, you got eyes, you got ears, but you don't get it. In other words, God is saying a great miracle has been occurring for 40 years. Let's take a look at the next verse and see what it's talking about. All right, you can't see, you can't hear. 
All right. Verse, uh, Deuteronomy 29, verse 5. And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxed old upon you, and your shoe is not waxed old upon your foot. Now, you know those old stiff-necked Israelites probably took that old, old sandal off their foot, that dirty foot, and looked at it and said, Man, I did an exceptional job at choosing the camel hide leather for this sandal. Man, this thing has lasted 40 years. You know they took the credit for it. You know they took the credit for it. That's just human nature, is it not? But God is saying, look, you didn't have sense enough to figure that out. That you've been walking around in 40-year-old clothing and 40-year-old shoes, and they never wore out. That's what he means by it. you don't have eyes and ears to hear. You know, you're not seeing the miracle right before your eyes. Now, it's a strange thing. You know, when bad things, um, when, um, when things are, are going good, we take the credit for it. When bad things happen, we blame God. That is so stupid. We, know, we need to reverse that. When good things are happening, we need to praise God. When bad things happen to us, we need to look at our own stupidity and some of, the, some of our own decisions, our unwillingness. When bad things happen to you, you need to look at your unwillingness to govern yourself. That's what you need to look at. Our unwillingness to govern ourselves. That's what we need to look at when bad things are happening to us. Uh, but there, look, shoes don't last 40 years. Now, there are miracles that are occurring every single day, but we're just too blind to see it. For example, I have a 2004 Impala car. It's got 240,000 miles on it. That thing will not break. I mean, I want a new car. I want something different. I'm sick of that car. But it will not break. I've never put any Freon in the air conditioning. I've never, never put a starter or an alternator on it. The thing will not break. I mean, it just keeps running and running and running. What am I saying? I'm saying it's probably a miracle. And we need to wake up and see the miracles that are occurring right before our eyes. I have appliances in my home that are 30. We've been in our home for 30 years. The appliances are all original. They never break. Same refrigerator, same stove. I want new appliances, you know. You go to Lowe's, you look at that new stuff, you know, you know, but it will not break. It's a miracle is what I'm saying. And can you see those miracles in your life? Why is that clunker of a car? Why does it keep lasting? You ever ask yourself that question? Now, the problem with us is this. There is so much to want and there's so much, you know, to want and do. We want so much. We want to do it. We see, oh, I've never done that before. I want to do that. Oh, I've never done that before. I want to do that. And there's so much to want. And like, you know, that it creates an ungrateful spirit among us. And that's the reason we don't see the miracles, because we've got an ungrateful spirit. It's like Christmas season. Christmas creates an ungrateful spirit with your children. It really does, because, I mean, just look at Christmas time. All the ads, the clothing stores, all the gifts, all the things that to be desired. It creates an ungrateful spirit among us. I mean, it would be like taking the children of Israel with their 40-year-old clothing and shoes and taking them to Walmart or Macy's. You know, and they're walking through and they're saying, man, look at all this stuff. What am I doing wearing this stuff? Yeah, I know it lasted 40 years, but I don't like it. Yeah, you see, we, we have an ungrateful spirit and we don't see the miracles that are right before our eyes. 
So what does dependency upon God look like? Well, let's take another verse here. Matthew 6 and verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Hmm, one day at a time. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, this doesn't mean you don't have to work for it. God is a great multiplier of our efforts. In other words, ten if you're putting forth zero effort, well, ten times zero is zero. But if you're putting forth a little bit of effort, God is a great multiplier of our efforts. And so who do we look for? Who do we depend on? We depend on the government for food stamps, handout, housing. This verse says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, it doesn't say, give us this day a six-month supply of food in an underground bunker. Uh, give me a 3,000-gallon diesel tank so I can run my generator. No, it doesn't say that. It says, give us this day our daily bread, one day at a time. Now, I'm not saying you don't need to prepare. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for preparing for certain things. I mean, I, the, the time to start uh, cutting your firewood is not when there's two foot of snow on the ground. You know, you prepare ahead of time, but nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying we, we just, it, it is one day at a time. The Bible says, give us this day our daily bread, one day at a time. We have this ungrateful spirit that we're blind to the blessings and miracles that are happening in our lives every day. But anyway, back to Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29. But if from thence you shall seek the Lord your God, you shall find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, when you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient unto his voice. Yes, obedient. The very things that preachers a lot of preachers talk against obedience, not of works, lest any man should boast. They never quote the rest of that verse. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Yeah, good work. We're supposed to have good works. Okay, obedient unto his voice. Now, the Bible seems to indicate in prophecy that we as a nation go into captivity at the end time. Why? Because we, we refuse to govern ourselves. Why would God allow another country to take over America? Answer, because we refuse to govern ourselves. You, you see example of that in the Bible again and again. When a people will not govern themselves, God allows that country, God allows that nation to be taken over. Israel was occupied by Rome in Jesus' day. Yeah. Now, the Israelites had their religion, they had their families, they had their jobs, but they were occupied under Rome or by Rome. They were no longer able to govern themselves. And God comes along and says, I'm going to send you someone that can do it for you. Now, question, are you sending a message to your government that says you cannot govern yourself? It's just a question. Are you sending a message to your government saying, I can't govern myself. I'm too dumb to do that. Is that what you're doing? Is that what you're doing? Galatians 6 and verse 4 says, But let every man prove his own work, and then he shall rejo have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. 
You know, if your government is taking care of you and giving you housing, food stamp, paying for your college education, your cell phone, you know. This verse says, let every man prove his own work. And then he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. There is nothing more satisfying than by God's grace and strength saying, being able, doing something and saying, I did that. I did that by God's grace and strength. I, that is a job well done. There's nothing more satisfying than that. I didn't need man's help. I didn't need the government's help. I didn't need, you know, the government, whatever, paying off my debt. Or, you know, I, I got something in the mail recently about, it, it was more than just reducing my uh, college for my daughter. We borrowed about $40,000. And, and, and if I, I threw it away, but if I read that right, it wasn't just, you know, I'm all for lowering the interest rate, but this was something about getting rid of, getting rid of the debt, something the government was offering. I threw it away. Because I thought, no, I borrowed that money. It was my decision to borrow that money, and I plan on paying it back. I don't want the government paying off my debt. Why should the government pay off my debt? It's not their responsibility. And you do know that, that the government doesn't have any money. It doesn't have a money tree that it shakes every day. The government cannot give you anything that it doesn't take from someone else. Your government is taking through taxes, your money, and giving it to someone else. Now, not in all cases. The government does some good things, I think. At least the state does. They take care of our roads. Okay. But, you know, that's my point. The, the government cannot give you anything that it doesn't take from someone else. Okay. So if your government pays off your college tuition, it just took money from someone else and paid off your college tuition. That's not right. Because you're the one that borrowed the money. You're the one that made the decision to go to college. <clears throat> but let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Are you bearing your own burden? Burden. Now, there are exceptions. If you're handicapped, I understand that. But, but my question is, are you bearing your own burden? Jeremiah 32 and verse 19 says this. It says, In great in counsel and mighty in works, for thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men, to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. If you have replaced God with government, the fruit of that is giving up our freedom. The very thing that this nation was built on. And we become occupied by another country or by a government that runs our lives for us because we refuse to govern ourselves. It's sad, it's so sad. We fought and died to stay free as a nation. And when this time comes, and it will come, and I can imagine maybe resurrecting some old veterans that fought and died on the battlefield, and they would look at us and they would say, you gave up your freedom so that your government could take care of your ASS. And you would not depend on God like I did when I was fighting on the battlefield. Is there a message of hope? Is there, is there a message of a way out? This mess we've gotten ourselves in? Yes, it is. It's Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29. But if from thence you shall seek the Lord your God, you shall find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, when you are in tribulation and, in these, and, and these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient unto his voice.
Well, I'm David Freeman. And remember, that is what's really in your Bible. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program.